If you've ever noticed, people are stubborn. We also draw logical conclusions from our previous experiences. As human creatures, we look to the past, hoping that it will make our future decisions clearer. Sometimes, looking down that dusty road far behind you from your travels of life, you sometimes wonder and wish for what you could have done to prevent where you are now. Standing alone with a sinking feeling, the sensation that all of your insides are falling, a buzz of adrenaline that reaches out to your fingertips. That moment when you realize you are in danger and your biggest mistake, assuming the previous experiences that all told you you were safe. I'm Tasha Wheelhouse, and this is Copper Shock. The story that follows claims to be true. I'm all grown up now. Right after it happened, I didn't see any point in telling people about it. I was terrified for months after, but being a little girl then, I wanted to act more grown up and keep my problems to myself. Thoughts like that almost got me killed at 13. I was in middle school at the time. Riding the school bus became a political affair by this age. Try to pick the seat you like, yet not too close to someone weird. Pick the seat over the wheel of the bus to give you some air when driving over bumps, or the seat toward the front to be the first one off the bus and grab your favorite seat. Are you sitting in the middle of a group of socialites who will have stimulating conversation all the way to school? Or did you just end up in Siberia as the quote weird one, staring out the window at the passing houses because no one wanted to sit with you? Sorry everybody, I was the person who was the last option on the school bus. I was teased a lot in grade school, and it reflected into my middle school years. By now, no one was picking on me anymore. That was baby stuff. But I wasn't exactly wanted either. The only thing I could do on the school bus every morning and afternoon was look out the window and memorize the path. The week this event happened, both of my parents were out of town. My eldest sister lived with us while she was going to college, and while my parents were gone, she was the only one who could drive. That morning, while eating my cereal... She told me outright, Don't miss the bus. I don't want to come pick you up today. I won't have time. I winced at her. I never missed the bus. I often had my backpack zipped up before the bell rung, and it's not like I had friends to talk to in the hallway keeping me distracted. Irony hit me hard that afternoon, standing in front of my school shocked at the fact all the buses were gone. I had to stay behind because my math teacher wanted me to go over my latest failed test. I had the option of taking it again or risking the failed score. Between failing the test or risking missing the bus, I hedged my bets. I thought I'd be able to redo the test in under the time it took to load the buses and leave. I was clearly wrong. I lived in the southwest desert of the U.S. Lots of sand, little humidity, and a very hot sun with an average of 110 degrees daily. I realized what missing the bus meant. 
calling my sister from the school office. What an embarrassment. I did not want to give my sister a reason to be upset with me. I looked to the road that would start the walk to my house. It was an eleven-minute drive on the bus, and there was one stop before mine, so I figured between the bus being slow in general and the additional stop, an eleven-minute drive would probably only mean an hour's walk. I told myself that I'm a teenager now, and with that came the illusion that I was a mature person and I could solve my own problems without other adults' influences. I tucked my backpack higher on my shoulder and set out to start the full walk home. The pavement was awful. Heat reflected off the black asphalt as though I was walking on a frying pan. I recall how amazed I felt as the city cars whizzed past me. The hot wind from them was a slight relief from the sun. Its rays beating down on my dark brown hair. Sweat seeped into the roots of my head, making it tickle. I scratched my scalp, only to have my nails and fingertips wet with my sweat. I've never done anything like this before in my life. I recognize now it was a prideful decision. To add to my stupidity, I was not supposed to be out in this kind of heat, especially for this long without water. In grade school, I had a doctor's note to keep me inside during every recess. I had a history of fainting from heat exhaustion. Being alone on recess definitely attributed to the bullying I suffered from my classmates. What better way to ostracize a kid if they're not allowed to be out socializing in games? I started to feel tired and annoyed, my arms rubbing against the wet pits of my shirt, causing a small rash to rise up under my arms. By the point my feet started to hurt, I looked up and assessed my coordinates. I was halfway to home. I smiled at myself, feeling some triumph at the fact that I was walking in such heat, sweating it out, and had achieved so much in my walk alone. I enjoyed the solidarity of it, even if I knew I wasn't going to enjoy the sunburn later. I was weaving back and forth, then decided to start focusing myself on something. My feet would be a good distraction. One foot in front of the other, making rhythmic patterns in my stride to match songs that I sung to myself. Somebody once told me the world is gonna rule me. Step, step. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Step, step. Give me a break. It was the year 2000. It was a good song back then. I trekked on. Up until this point, I had been walking by neighborhoods. Ahead of me, the road slims down to a single lane with double stripes. It passes through two large, sandy hills. The road is lonesome, and nothing but dirt scape on either side. I grew used to the pattern of listening for cars coming up the road behind me, then promptly passing me, continuing on with uninterrupted traffic. One truck startled me. A large diesel dirt dumper passed me. Its gears roared and made me cover my ears in surprise. I looked on, making a sour face at it. The truck kicked up a lot of dirt that stuck to all of my sweaty self. I now had runs of mud all over me. I noticed the large tailgate had a diagonal dent. And as the truck turned a corner, 
I wondered about how heavy a rock had to be to make that big of a dent in such a heavy-duty thing. I continued to walk. I thought to myself how I would go home to change and take a shower as soon as I could. I made a mental note to do it before my sister or little brother noticed me. My thoughts were interrupted when the rumble started to happen behind me again. Not the normal whoosh of cars on smooth pavement passing, but a deep, low growl. A grinding of gears and the roar of a familiar engine behind me. I knew to cover my ears ahead of time and accepted the inevitable wave of dust to my face as it passed me again. Home building was big at the time in my town. Dirt dumper trucks were not unusual, but looking at its back as it drove past, I squinted my eyes to make sure. The back tailgate had a large diagonal dent. I stopped walking and wiped my forehead mud painted against the back of my hand. It turned the corner again at the block. I thought it was odd and continued to walk forward, but this time with less speed. In the back of my head, I almost wanted to see if perhaps the driver just made a bad turn and was backtracking. It's absurd to think he was following me. Following me? I didn't like that idea at all. I looked at the neighborhood entrance next to me. There was one street left I could walk down and knock on a stranger's door to phone my sister for help. It was a nice retirement-looking neighborhood next to a large golf course. Did I need to go so far as to bang on a stranger's door for help? Were things really that bad? I shook my head and continued to walk passing the last street and stepped onto the full dirt pullover. Silence greeted me for about four minutes of walking. My blood ran cold and I stopped. I stood there, gripping the straps to my backpack, feeling the sweat that had pooled beneath the pack and my lower back. Out in the distance, behind me, wasn't a car but the booming roar of a construction truck engine. I didn't want to turn around. I knew. Flags started to go up inside me in little spikes of adrenaline. I realized almost too late how vulnerable I really am. I may not have come home on the bus, but who would have noticed if I was gone? I've never walked home before. It wouldn't make sense for anyone to come looking for clues on this street if I was spirited away. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Kidnappings. They happen to dumb toddler kids who follow men into their comically creepy white vans with a promise of candy or some stupid puppy that wandered off. I'm a grown teen who has a little extra chunk on her, and I didn't consider myself to be all that pretty. It wouldn't be easy to pick me up. I tried to keep cool after the truck passed me, making a point not to seem alarmed, and started to walk again. The dented dirt diesel pulled over onto the side of the road about 80 feet ahead of me. He had his foot on the brake, and the engine continued to run. I took slow, shallow breaths. 
Gazing at the back of the diesel felt like I was staring down a crouching lion in tall grass. If I flinched or got any closer, I looked back to the last residential street, then back to the road of desert wilderness blocked by the two large hills. I stood there for a solid three minutes, hoping against hope that the truck would pick his foot up off the brake and move on. The engine turned off, and the driver lifted his foot from the brake, causing the lights in the back to flash off. I felt my stomach drop. My mind ran with images of a monster springing from the cab of the truck, pulling me in, and I'm never seen again. The only way home from where I was standing was to pass where the truck was sitting. I briefly thought about crossing the street to the other side of the road, but the road was so thin, I knew I'd still be within grabbing distance. If he actually meant to be there on business, then why wasn't anyone else there? If he wanted to innocently give me a ride, why didn't he pull over next to me and call out asking if I was okay? Why circle me three times and pull over at the one place on the road I can't move away from and would be the most difficult to see me from a passerby? The only common denominator was me. And me walking to the exact blind spot he picked. Leaning my weight backward, I turned to head toward the retirement street again and take my chances there, possibly use it as a red herring to make the trucker think that I lived there in case he decided to come back. Divine intervention occurred. A small car pulled up to me, stopping. I almost screamed out loud in paranoia as I looked to the open window. It takes me a second to register who I was looking at. My science teacher... Mrs. Bernabers. She asks me if I'm okay and if I could use a ride. At 13, you hate the idea of socializing with teachers. It's bad for your rep and does not win you popularity points. And believe me, I was already not that popular. However, at this particular moment, I did not care. I flew open her passenger door, sliding inside. She looked me over funny, asking me why I was walking home in this crazy heat. I told her truthfully that I missed the bus, and didn't have a ride home. She pressed on the accelerator and we began to move toward the parked diesel. Passing it, I couldn't help myself. I don't remember any distinguishing features. I really don't, but what I do remember was the emotion I read on his face. Anger disappointment, and annoyance all rolled up into a low-level malice, like I was his prize and someone else had just cheated him out of it. I stared at the rearview mirror on the passenger side the whole way home, looking to see if he tried to follow us. I didn't see him. When we turned off the main road into my real neighborhood, I made double sure to have my teacher drop me off two streets over. She could tell I was really upset, and she could also tell I was lying about where my house was on the street she dropped me off at. She didn't push me too much on the subject, and in the following weeks, she never asked me about it again. I never told her, and she may not have realized it, but if my kooky science teacher didn't stop that afternoon to give me a ride,
I don't know what would have happened to me. Looking back on that moment, deciding if it was safe to pass the truck on the road, I've tried to rationalize it. Perhaps he saw me sweating like crazy, an insane kid trying to get herself killed in the desert heat, walking home, and felt bad for me. If that was the case, then why did he not pull over next to me? Why pull over so far ahead of me and wait? Why turn off the engine and the AC in this weather, unless you wanted to make yourself ready to take action? Why circle me three times before deciding to pull over? And pull over in the worst spot where no one could have seen me walking? I can't push these questions away, and I won't ignore gut feelings that told me I was in danger. Tell your kids to trust those feelings, as it could one day save them. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you enjoyed this as I release stories weekly here at Copper Shock. Please feel free to submit any stories that you may have. They may be based on true events or fictional. Both are welcomed. This recording is available on podcast and YouTube. Please check out any additional content on our Copper Shock Facebook page. Link in the description below. See you next week.